Good morning. God bless you. I know a few of you came an hour early today. <laughs> I saw, I won't name names, but I saw some people who came an hour early today. <laughs> Praise God. We're glad you're here. And I hope you came expecting from God today. Amen. He is good and he has only good things for his children. So let's just receive from him as we worship our, our king today. Amen.
you, God. We just want to go deeper with you today, God. Take us deeper, God. We cry out to you.
jump everybody if he goes to the left we'll go to the left and if he goes to the right we'll go to the right we're gonna dance 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 in the river dance 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 everybody if he goes to the left we'll go to the left and if he goes to the right we'll go to the right we're gonna jump 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 in the river jump 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 everybody if he goes to the left
do, this is what you do. You made me come alive, this is what you do, this is what you do. just go through life living lifeless they're breathing their hearts are beating but I'm telling you God has called us to live with a passion to live to live with joy live with joy do you know that you can live your life with joy that you don't have to get up every day oh it's a Monday morning I hate Monday mornings I mean how many times do you hear that how many times do you see that on Facebook Ugh, Monday morning. How sad that we wake up regret or dreading the work week. Looking always looking forward to what Friday and Saturday holds. God has called us to live a life of passion. To really live. For years I've I've been a Christian since I was little. Gave my heart to Jesus when I was in the fourth grade. And I haven't been perfect, but I never really walked away from Him. 
But for years I lived my life trying to gain his approval. Thinking that if I didn't pray enough, if I didn't read enough, if I didn't try hard enough, if I missed church because my kids were sick, I mean silly stuff, that God was not going to approve of me. And I always felt this cloud over me that I wasn't good enough. But over the past two years, thank you, thanks to the revelation that our pastors have brought us and things that we have learned, I have come alive, I'm telling you. Even in the darkest times of, of my family's life, God has used that time to, to awaken something on the inside of me that was dead for so many years. And I guess that's why this song means so much to me because His love, His love, His true unconditional love, not the love that many of us have been taught or the love that we perceive that He has for us. I'm telling you, His true love and His grace that He has, it will make you come alive. I want to sing this again. And, and you may think, well, Tatum, that's fine for you, but I'm not there. And that's okay, but I'm believing that you will be there with me. I'm believing that every single one of you will get to the place where I'm at. And I don't want to stay here. I want to go where Pastor Shelley is. I want to go. I want to keep going. I want to get a deeper and deeper revelation of his love because it makes us come alive. It makes us live our life with a purpose, with a passion, with a feeling like I am okay. You are okay. Do you hear me? You, God is saying today to you, you are okay just the way you are you are okay i approve you you are okay wow what a relief amen what a relief let's sing this this is what you do 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 you live the come alive this is what you do this is what you do you make the come alive this is what you do this is what you do Make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. Before we leave, leave this song, oh, you know, when as, as Tatum was singing, it's a new season. I believe that there's a prophetic declaration that the Lord would have us make this morning over our nation. Oh, that as we head through this week, that we will be walking into and moving through a changing of a season. And so let's do that even as we worship and as we sing, it's a new season.
Let's believe we receive that it is a new season for our nation, for America today. How? Oh, are you willing to do that today? Are you willing to do that today? It's a new season. How? Oh. It's a new season. for a nation. It's a new God is not just interested in the political climate of this nation. He's also interested in a revival that sweeps this nation from coast to coast. Are you willing to stretch out your faith this morning to say, make us come alive as a nation? That revival from coast to coast would sweep this land. Oh, make us come alive. Oh, Come alive from coast to coast, from east to west, from north to south. Oh, every state come alive. Awaken our land. Bring new life, oh God. Oh, we don't look to Oh God, make us come alive, make us come alive. Oh, this pastor, make us come alive, make us come alive. From east to west, make us come alive, make us come alive. From east to west, make us come alive, make us come alive. From north to south. Make us come alive, make us come alive. East to west, make us come alive, make us come alive. North to south. So Father God, today in the name of Jesus, we believe we receive, Father, a great awakening. Father God, likened to the great awakenings of 100 and 200 years ago. Father God, we believe we receive, Father, that it's not just a new season politically that this nation is entering into, but God, we believe we receive, Father, it is a new season spiritually. Father God, we believe we receive, Father, that just as we have stepped into something new in this house, in that place of sonship, God, we believe we receive, Father, that that orphan heart, Lord, that orphan heart from east to west, north to south, would be displaced today, God, as the Father heart of God takes rule and reign in this nation today. In Jesus' name, amen. This is what you do, and this is what you do. Make us come alive. This is what you do, this is what you do. Make us come alive. This is what you do, this is what you do. Come on, give him praise for America, God. We thank you for saving our nation, God. 
for a new season in us, a new season in us, God, a new season in our nation. God, we praise you, God. Let's just worship him just a few more minutes. God, pull us closer to your heart.
talks about in, in chapter 6 and we know the Lord's prayer and it says our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come listen to the words of this thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven listen to this heaven wants to invade the natural realm heaven wants to invade the natural realm there's been sightings of angels so we shouldn't think that peculiar. We shouldn't think that if you see an angel, that's weird. Because are there angels in heaven? And, and if heaven wants to invade the natural realm, then there, there's going to be angels in the natural realm. <laughs> so now all of a sudden we're, we're beginning to see a lot more frequency of seeing angels. Being able to see different angels. Because heaven is invading earth. Heaven wants to invade your natural realm. Will you let heaven come? Heaven come. Heaven come to earth. Heaven come to earth. Heaven come to earth. It's about transformation. 
transformation. Transform us so we can transform our world around us. Transform us so we can transform our world around us. Transform us so we can transform our world around us. I want you to have an encounter with God. Because when we have an encounter with His love, when you encounter His love, you won't be able to go back and live like you used to live. When you encounter His love, you won't be able to go back. You won't be satisfied with the low form of life. When you encounter His love, you'll want something will change within you. And you won't be able to go back. It won't be able to be status quo. It won't be able to, to go back into where you came out of. That's His love today. That's His, that's his love today. Um, when Sean was making his declaration a while ago, God showed me the earth, planet earth, and there was a blueness encompassing the earth that I can't describe the color of the blue. And all of a sudden, shafts of light started shining through the blue. And I asked God, what is this? And he said, he said these are people that love me, that are shining their light. And then Tatum started singing that song, and I started singing, God, I want to know your heart. What is your heart? And all of a sudden, the earth, planet earth, just went to a brilliant brightness that I can't describe again. And he says, I don't want people just to be saved. I don't want them just to call on me when they need something. He goes, I want them to know me. I want them to know my love for them, to know my heart. God wants to, he wants our heart. Susan, just go ahead and keep playing there. You can be seated right quick. Uh, the kids can go ahead and be released. All the children can be released right now. We just bless our children. Just stay in an attitude of worship here. And we just release and we bless our children and we thank you. You're going to go back. You know, I just feel like this is this is a special time. How many of you remember what a Kairos moment is? A Kairos moment. Praise the Lord. While the kids are going, just let's just worship the Lord here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for our children. We bless our children this morning, God. We thank you, Father, as they go back into their classes, God. I thank you for what you are depositing in them. Lord, I thank you for everything because you are already in them, God. But I thank you that you continually, you continually make deposits. God, your love, your goodness. And Lord, I thank you for their hearts. I thank you that we can have that childlike faith, that we can have that strength within them just to, if we say it, they believe it. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for that to rise up within us. So this morning, as, 
as we were singing, and actually, I was going to, Tatum, you might need to be up there because I really wanted you to sing this song right afterwards. And you, you might think, well, I don't know how the tithes and offering message is going to go to this, but Eric said something this morning, and it was like, oh, yeah. So I sat down, and I was studying, and, and at the end of it, you're going to know why it all flows together. If you look back at the history of giving a tenth of your income and property and where it came from, and it, and it actually began before the law, before the Mosaic law, the first record of it in the Bible was in Genesis chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Genesis chapter 14, verse 17 through 20. Genesis 14, 17 through 20. Actually, I'm going to start in 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God most high. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tenth of all. God didn't request it. He didn't demand it. Abraham willingly gave it. So after re rest, returning from rescuing Lot and defeating his enemies, Abraham met Melchizedek, the king of Salem and the priest of God most high. The Bible says that Abraham gave Melchizedek a tithe of all the goods he had obtained in battle. The Bible talks about in Hebrews 7, 1 through 10. Let's turn to Hebrews 7, 1 through 10. Hebrews 7, 1 through 10. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings. I even noticed that it said Abram, but in the New Testament he calls him by his new name, Abraham. As he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth part of all the spoils, was first of all by the translation of his name, King of Righteousness. And then also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Who do you think Melchizedek represents? Jesus. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a priest perpetually forever. Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of the choicest spoils. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, although these are the descendant, descended from Abraham. But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. But without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In this case, mortal men receive tithes, but in that case, one receives them 
of whom it is witness that he lives on, and so to speak, through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So the Bible talks about this in the scripture, the Levitical priest who descended from Abraham, who appeared centuries later as having paid tithes to Melchizedek through Abraham. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. This was about Jacob. The Bible talks about Jacob long before the law of Moses promised that he would give to the Lord a tenth of all he had received. So verse 22, there's so much there on Jacob's dream right there that is awesome, but we're just going to go to verse 22. This stone which I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. So your tithe and your offerings are expressions and your acknowledgement that everything you have is already God's. It's your acknowledgement of your love for Him. It's your expression of your love for Him. It's your acknowledgement and your expression of, of God's righteousness, of your gratitude, of His goodness, of His faithfulness, of His love, of His mercy, of His grace. You're acknowledging this in your life. But the most important thing here, He never wants you to give out of condemnation. He never wants you to give out of compulsion. He wants your heart. Everything that God does and everything he wants from you is from his heart to yours, your heart to his. It's always a heart thing. Your obedience to him is a heart thing. It's not a demand. It's not a command. It's heart to heart. He always wants to connect with you heart to heart not everything that you're doing right that's not what connects you to him even though he wants you to obey him he always wants you to obey but he's never this iron-fisted God that says you obey me your obedience to him always should come out of your love for him. How many of you want your children to obey you because of the demands you place on him, on them? It doesn't work that way. They won't stay obedient. They don't stay obedient when it's just all about do, 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 do this, do this, do this, do this, and mom and dad will be pleased with you. God is after our hearts. Everything in his word. 
is his love letter to us. It's his love letter to us. So when you, when you give your tithes and offerings, don't ever think, okay, if I don't give, God's going to be mad at me. Do the tithes and offerings provide needs? Yes. Do they enable us to meet together as a family? Yes. But the only reason you give is because your heart is connected to His. And you say, God, I acknowledge you. I express my love for you. And I declare that I am a steward over everything that you've given me. That nothing I have is mine anyway. So here's just an itty-bitty portion of all the greatness and goodness and love and grace and mercy and righteousness that you've blessed me with. So, as Tatum leads this song again, I'm asking you just to, to be a lover of God. To say, I am connecting myself through my giving and saying, God, I acknowledge you. I love you. I honor you. And you're doing it out of love. Never out of demand. But it's, it's, it's like when you walk up here and, and give, you're connecting as a son and a daughter. How many of you have ever wanted to bless your parents back for what they've done for you? How much greater do we want to bless our father? Not because God needs it, but because he wants our heart. Say, God wants my heart. God wants my heart. Say, Father wants my heart Father wants my heart so Tatum will you lead us and you come and give just express your love for Father
thank you that you are a good, good daddy. We thank you that you love your kids. We thank you that you're after our hearts and we yield to you, God. We yield, we yield, we yield to you. We surrender all. We surrender all. We surrender all to you. Thank you, Father, that you captivate us with your love. You overtake us with your love. You overtake us with your kindness, your goodness. You overtake us with your faithfulness. You overtake us with your grace. You overtake us with your mercy. Thank you for your anointing. 
thank you, Father, that in your presence is fullness of joy. Thank you that we have joy unspeakable, full of glory, full of you, God, full of you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I just bless every family here this morning. Thank you that we've come here to encounter your love, to have love encounters, to come together as a family, loving on our Father, adoring our Father, honoring our Father. What a gracious, loving Father you are. Thank you for the new season that we're in. Thank you, Father, that as the prophetic word came forth over Living Word Fellowship, of a portal, not of visitation, but of habitation, we declare that over this house. Your habitation, your habitation changes atmospheres. It changes families. It changes environments. It changes things so that heaven can be manifested on the earth. We declare that over this house. We thank you, Father, that we're not here just to, just to meet and go home, but we're here to be changed and transformed. We're here for you. And as we're here for you, you so pour out yourself upon us that we can never be the same. We thank you, Father. Just thank him for his love this morning. Thank him for who he is in your life. Thank you, Father. Praise. And everyone said, Amen. Wow, what a sweet, sweet, sweet presence of the Lord. Amen. You know, he's always sweet and his presence is always great, but sometimes you can just taste and see that the Lord is good. These are times where it's like announcements are tough because you don't want to shift. Let's just pray over our nation as we go to vote Tuesday. Father, we lift up the United States of America. God, we cry out for what you want in our nation. God, we cry out to take a stand for what you take a stand for and what you tell us to take a stand for. We stand for life. We stand for marriage between a man and a woman. We stand for freedom. God, I'm asking you, and and as we join our hearts right here, we're asking you to move on our nation. To go and vote, Father, 
for what you say is right in your word. To stand on what your word says is truth. Lord, wake the people up. Stir their hearts. Get them to the polling booths. Lord, we cry out for a nation. For your change. For your change on the earth. For your transformation on the earth. For earth to reflect heaven. We cry out for earth to reflect heaven. That means we have to have more of heaven on earth. More and more and more of heaven on earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we need you in our nation. We need you in our nation. Father, we repent for just not having the right mindset. Lord, as we look at repentance and we say it's a changing of the mind, just like John the Baptist said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, repent. He was saying, change your mind from the old to the new. Change your mind to the way you used to do things in the old covenant to the new covenant and everything that grace brings, everything that truth brings, which is Jesus. We have to change our minds and line up with God. So, Father, we just, we pray for you to be so totally in the elections. We pray for Bryce and we thank you, Father, for what he's doing to be a representative of you, Father, in our state's capital. We bless him. We bless his family. Thank you for Senator Marlette. Father, we just lift up Murray as she goes to have her surgery to take her gallbladder out on Friday. We bless her. We thank you, Father, that your protection is over Murray as she goes under anesthesia. And we thank you, Father, that you bring her forth supernatural recovery. We lift up Sarah as she goes into surgery the week after next to have a hysterectomy, Father. I thank you, God, that you give her your peace that passes all understanding. I thank you, Father, that you guard her mind as she goes under anesthesia. I thank you, Father, that you protect her from, from everything that the anesthesia has caused in the past. We plead the blood of Jesus over her, and we declare healing, wholeness in her body. We thank you that you protect her mind we thank you, Father, for supernatural recovery in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we rejoice that Crystal and her family are moved back to Woodward. And those of you that saw Crystal the last time that she was here on a Wednesday night, you can see the great work God has already been doing. We rejoice with you, my friend.
and we're going to continue to stand with her, that every seizure symptom has to go. We praise God that the big ones have definitely diminished greatly, but they're going totally, and the partial seizures are going too because her freedom of driving is coming back. Amen? And continue to pray over her heart, that her heart comes into rhythm and that it aligns with the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So that there's no more heart issues. In Jesus' name. God is good all the time. Okay, so you're going to pray over the poles. We're going to send some clipboards around. While the ushers will get them just to pray over Woodward. You can pray from now till Tuesday. You can go to the site. Just don't, you know, you're not making it obvious that, that, that you're there praying. You're, you're just undercover, okay? So you're not making a spectacle or anything. You're just going. If you want to stand and just kind of walk around, I mean, whatever God lays on your heart, but we're not trying to be noticed except for from the enemy <laughs> taking notice and that the heavenly realm is taking notice. Amen? So, ushers, if you go ahead and pass around just the Woodward just the Woodward ones. We'll get those going around. Bible study starts tomorrow, so we want to encourage you. Beth Moore's Bible study, Marie's starting a Beth Moore Bible, st Bible study called A Woman's Heart at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Um, Lenny, where's Lenny? Oath is starting tomorrow night, right? Are you having that set up? Oklahomans Against Trafficking Humans. So that's at 6.30 to 8 in the rock room. Everyone know what the rock room is? The room off the kitchen. R-O-K, room off the kitchen is the rock room. Got it? That was creative. I can't remember who thought that one up. Was it you, Linda? Oh, Linda, that, that one's a fun one. So the rock room. Um, Wednesday, we're also having regular um, Wednesday night. So we also have a blood drive. I know we've had a lot of blood drives, but just don't forget the importance of the blood drive. We only have it, every, you know, often enough that you can give blood every time. Because I think it's, what, 56 days or something. We're, we're definitely longer than that. So starting at 3, I believe, on, on giving blood. So come by on that Wednesday, too. And I think that's all besides. Okay, we've been doing defining relationships. So we'll have... We will not have defining relationships this coming Wednesday. Pastor Eric will preach, and we'll have worship, and we will be doing the blood drive. But try to try to get your blood given before 6.30 so we can meet together. Amen? I came in this morning and opened up the bulletin, looking down through the November birthdays, and there's a special birthday this month. It's Pastor Jerry, and in the years that I've been here, we've never been able to take up an offering for him. So with him out not being here today, we're going to sneak one in on him. Pastor Jerry turned, I checked with Pastor Virginia, he turned 78 this year. This is this this guy goes four wheeling. He goes skiing on the on the black slopes. This guy 
would probably want to go out and play football with you if Pastor Virginia would let him. Uh, you look behind the scenes in this church and you see a thumbprint all over in families helping families and the kids that we take care of at the Anadarko dorms and, and everywhere you look, you, you want to you see a picture of Father God's heart when you see the man at the back of the room there, Jerry Brace, you see a living picture of the heart of Father God. So I left a basket up here when we took up the offering. That gives us this Sunday and next Sunday, because his birthday's the 15th, to take up a love offering for Pastor Jerry's birthday. He's never let us do it before, but we're overruling on, on this one. He's, he, he gets to get blessed this time. So as you... Feel in your heart, feel led in your heart, if you have the ability, take that out of your heart and, and let's bless Pastor Jerry with it. As you know him, he'll probably turn right back around and give it right back to something somewhere, whether it's to the Anadarko dorm or wherever. But let's bless him, let's show him how much we love him, how much we care about him, how much we appreciate him. I know I've spoken to some of the other young men in the, uh, about the idea and they were all 100% for it. And I heard the same, I hear the same thing over and over again. I love my father, but if I could choose a man out of the world to be my daddy, it would be Jerry Brace. Just come and give. Say, God is faithful. You know, He is a faithful God. He's been faithful to me, Martin, when I have not been faithful to Him. He's been faithful to me, Lenny, when I've not been faithful to Him. He's been faithful to me, Jeremy, when I've not been faithful to Him. And it's real easy to come in an atmosphere. I'm telling you, there is an atmosphere in this place that will remove the lid on how far you want to go with God. It's up to you. I have purposed and determined in my heart that I, I don't want to just know about Jesus. Do you hear me? I don't want to just know about the Father. I don't want to just know about the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. The three in one. I don't want a religion. I want a relationship. It would be like me married with Shelley and us never spending time together. 
the concept of marriage, my concept of marriage is not that. And I'm praise God, her concept of marriage is not that also. Amen? So I don't want to just know about Jesus. I want to know him. I want to know the dimension of the Father's heart. I, want, I know that he's faithful even when I've not been faithful. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, and I just want to talk a little bit about a couple things. I'm asking you to turn there, but I'm just going to lay some things out. So, Bobby, we're going to pull up Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Because uh, there's been some things stirring in me personally. And if it's okay, I'd like to just share a few moments personally of what's been going on within me. And we're going to begin to, to launch a series on God's success. How many of you want to know about God's success? Because the world will put a label on something and say that's successful. Or you can look at something within the world and say that is successful. If a company makes a bazillion dollars a year and, is, and is, the world will say that's successful. But if they treat their employees inhumane, is that successful to our Father? So we're going we're gonna to begin to kick off some things about, I think, from now until, uh, until the first of the, of the year about God's success. Because I want to know about what success is for Him. Delbert's idea of success, my idea of success, Winona's idea of success, Johnny's idea, Twyla's idea of success may be all different. I may fail at something and you may look at it and go, wow, that's still a success. You may lose a ball game and somebody could say you're a failure because the ball game was lost, but yet there were some things that were accomplished during that loss. Oh, come on, somebody that made you make adjustments to win a championship. Do you understand what I'm saying? That sometimes we can turn around and we can say, you know, this is successful, but I want to know what God says is successful. So how many of you know that God gives us favor? So why does he give her favor, different favor than he gives me? That's not fair. The Bible doesn't say it has to be fair. It's God's favor. There is favor in her life in certain areas that is not in favor in my life in certain areas. And there's favor in my life in certain areas that may not be favor in your life in certain areas. And the Bible says it's not wise for us to compare ourselves against ourselves. He says that's not wise. So if he'll release favor on, on somebody else, on Robbie, in a certain area, then let's praise God for the favor that's on his life in that area. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on, are you hearing me today? Because what happens is we start talking about favor and we say, wait a minute, Shorty's got this favor. He got six foot or seven foot two frame and I got a five eight frame. But if you've ever played basketball with me, you better be glad I got a five eight frame because I'd be dunking all on your mess. Amen. <laughs> are you with me? But, you know, so what is that? What, what does that mean? So when we looked at favor, we have to understand that as we grow, do you know that as you grow in the things of God, there's a favor that can come upon your life? As we grow, as my, our children grow and, and, and have a relationship with us, as our grandchildren grow and have a relationship with us, those that are closer to us are going to get more favor. Oh, come on, somebody. They're going to get more favor than those who are not close to us. Well, that's not fair. It's just the way it is. 
<laughs> there was a church that in at Northgate that they just walked around with these little pins on. And you know what the pin said? It said, get over it. Because they said, well, it's not fair. It's like, get over it. You know, basically, it's like, don't get offended. Just keep going. Amen? There's some good things coming your way. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got some favor. Come on, tell somebody. Say, I don't know about you, but I got some favor coming my way. So I wanted to look at this, and I wanted to really talk a little bit about Luke chapter 2, verse 40. It says, the child, and that, that meaning Jesus, continued to grow and become strong, increasing in what? Wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. See that word, grace of God? That grace of God was upon the child. Now, this is Jesus who divested himself of all godly authority and power and became in human flesh. Are you with me? So he knows what you went through when you're hurt. He knows what you went through when, you're pa- when there's pain. He knows about disappointment. He knows about these things. And the Bible said he continued to grow. Sometimes we think that it's just like Jesus was fully God, fully man. He was. But he, he was all-knowing. He divested himself. Are you with me? See, the sovereignty of God is, well, God can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it. God can also limit his power and his authority. He's sovereign enough to limit that. And because he limited his power and authority, Johnny, he gave it to Christ and Christ gave it to us. That's the sovereignty of the Lord. So we watch God do what? Jesus himself was growing up. Say growing up. So I can look at somebody else and I can say, they're growing up. They're growing up. We may not be here yet. 30 years ago when I gave my life to Christ, I have been growing up ever since. Can I get an amen? So what I, you know, we see Jesus. If Jesus grew in wisdom, don't you think we need to grow in wisdom? If Jesus grew and he was increasing in wisdom and the grace of God, say grace of God. The grace of God was on him. The grace of God. And we're going to really dive into the grace of God here in the next few weeks. So just come and, and expect God to do something in and through you. So that word grace. Let me just break down that word grace. That word grace in, um, in the New Testament in the, is a Greek word. And it's, it's literally called charis. It's spelled C-H-R-I-S, but it's really like a K. Charis. Say charis. Now you're speaking some Greek. That, that grace, that word grace, literally means unmerited favor. Something we didn't deserve on our life. This word is so big, I, can't, I could preach from now until I'm 99 on this specific word of grace and what it is. It means unmerited favor. Something that I received favor for that I didn't reserve. I mean, deserve. Anybody ever receive something they didn't deserve? Amen. In fact, uh, there's probably times, Jeremy, where I should have received something that wasn't a good thing. That you're with me? Oh, come on. Has anybody ever sped and not got a ticket? Oh, keep your hands down. Don't you put your hand up over here, Steve. You get, you know what I mean? You got to keep your hand. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So when I got pulled one time and the guy was going to give me a ticket, I thought, well, you know what? I've spent a few other times and not received a ticket, so it's okay. The officer came back to me and he said, when's the last time you had a ticket, sir? I said, I don't know. He said, I don't know either. It's not on your record. Here, I'm not going to mess that ticket up. I'm not going to mess your record up. Handed me back my license and said, here, go, go. See you later. Somebody's got to say favor. 
Come on, it's a favor. And I wasn't thanking God for the officer. I was thanking God for him and his favor upon my life. But he was rewarding me for some things. So it's not only unmerited favor, but it also means being forgiven of sin. That word grace means being forgiven of sin. How many of you know I'm forgiven not by what I do? And this is what we're hearing today. It's not what you do that brings forgiveness of sin on your life. It's what Jesus has done on the cross that brings forgiveness of sin on our life. And me coming and accepting what Jesus has done, repenting, changing my mind to say, it's not about works, it's about His what? Grace. Everybody say grace. It's about His grace, His unmerited favor. You know what grace also does? Check this out. Grace gives me access to Him. I have access to the Father. What, what do you mean? That means I can go to Him. I have an all-access pass. Huh? I mean, years ago, we were concert goers, man. We were like, let's go to some concert, man. You know, and they, let's go, man. Let's go just hang out. You know, if I could get one of them all-access passes, you know, the radio station, they got the all-access pass, and you're calling them up, calling them up, calling them up, calling them up, and you're like, I want, a, want, a, want, a, I want an all-access pass. I wanted an all-access pass to Bob Seger. Anybody know who I'm talking about? It's okay. I'm from that generation, amen? I wanted an all-access pass to Bob Seger. I was like, man, I'm calling it, calling it, calling it. My buddy's calling, calling it, calling it, calling it. Calling, you got to be caller number seven. And then, and then it was like, you know, caller number seven, caller number eight. I never could get through. But I wanted an all-access pass. And this is what I'm saying. Is that with an all-access pass, it gave me access behind the stage. It gave me access to places that I wouldn't normally have access to. Oh, come on, are you hearing me? God's grace, His unmerited favor, gives us all access to the Father. I have access today. I got access tomorrow. I got access. I had access this morning. I'll have access in the afternoon. I'll have access this afternoon when I need God. I'm going to have all-access pass. I got an all-access pass, and it's because the grace of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say favor. Well, well, favor and grace, is that the same thing? Well, let's, let's take a look at it. God's favor empowers us to be like Christ. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, we just looked at 40, right? Now let's look at verse 52. Jesus kept increasing wisdom and stature and in what? And in what? With who? God needs favor from God? Are you with me? What I said, remember, he divested himself. He became man. He needed favor with not only God, but men. Oh, come on. Are we going to have some favor? Don't, how many of you need favor with God? I need favor. How, how about men? How many of you got a boss that you just need some favor with? Come on, somebody. You got somebody in your life of mankind that you need some favor with. You're like, I got to have some favor in this area. So Jesus himself, if Jesus needed, <laughs> he had an all-access pass. <laughs> if he needed and grew in wisdom and stature and he needed favor, that word favor is the same word in verse 40, charis. That means grace. Say, I got some favor. So we got, we're going to have to understand this. So God has just been really releasing some things within me about that favor. And all of a sudden, I've been, say, I've been walking into some places that, that I'm not at liberty to, to, to release that yet. But I've been walking into some places that God, only God, 
It's given me favor. And there's been some things released. And I said, Lord, what is it that, why is that? And what are some of the key indicators that we can receive favor? I'm not talking about doing a works mentality to gain God's favor. But I'm talking about the favor, the grace of God, being a byproduct of who we're connected to through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Okay, I don't know if you're figuring this out, but God loves everyone. He loves everyone. But not everyone has the same measure of favor in their life. So I've been going, what brings or attracts this favor? What can bring or attract this favor? And there is something that I've found about being faithful that brings favor. So let's take a few minutes and dive into this. Say faithful. We're going to Matthew chapter 25. Did I tell you that already? Um, we're going to talk a little bit about faithful. We're going to start at verse 14. And it's the parable of the talents. Because there is something about being faithful that will release God's favor in your life. Now listen, if you don't want God to release your favor, His favor upon your life, you don't have to do anything with this today. But there is God's grace, His unmerited favor, that there's sometimes favor will come on your life <laughs> no matter when you're, when you're, whether you're faithful or unfaithful. But I want to be able to release some things into you this morning that you can say, I'm going to begin to walk in the faithfulness of the things of the Lord and favor is going to come your way. Verse 14, for it is, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, that it is, is the kingdom of heaven. It's just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. Verse 15, to one he gave five talents, to the other two, to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one had received five talents. He went and traded with them, and he gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the slaves came and settled accounts with him. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained you five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of things, of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. I'm going to read through verse 23 here. Also, the one who had received two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, well done, you good and faithful servant. Well, you are faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of the master. So I just want to put a pause right there just a moment. So we see one guy that the master has said, here, here's five talents. You go. And he was talking about money. Say, for instance, it was like, here, here's $5,000. You go. And, and not only he had $5,000, but he went and made 5000 more. And he came back to the master and said, here's the five plus five more. How many of you know that guy was faithful? Okay. What about with two, the guy that gave him the same thing? See, here's what I want you to understand. A lot of us are like, you might be Johnny and be a five-talent guy. You might be, you know, Kelly and be a, a two-talent guy. Are you with me? But they got the same thing. Hello? She, well, wait a minute, five and two, that's not the same. Like he said the same thing to the one with the five and the one with the two. Somebody say favor. So they were faithful. And this is what I'm just trying to get to. 
They were faithful. As a younger man, I said, I want to be faithful. Not just in the area of finances like this parable is about. But I want to be faithful. I didn't know that faithful brought favor. Until I began to look at this from a favor standpoint. And I realized that the guy that had five traded and got five more. And he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He got joy. Isn't joy a fruit of the Spirit? Isn't faithfulness a fruit of the Spirit? Oh, so if we operate in the fruits of the Spirit, oh, come on then God can release favor upon our lives. I love what Darren had to say. He was like, you know, he got into this issue with this person or whatever, and he was like, oh, I, got, I got mad, and he was like, he was trying to find the fruit down there. Do you, do you guys remember? He was like, I'm trying, I was trying to find the fruit. I couldn't find it. It was deep down in there, and he had to get away from the situation. He said to throw some fruit at it. You know, and I thought, well, maybe I'll get some bananas and apples and pineapples and stuff and just throw it out at you. You know what I mean? So when something comes against you, and don't you think those, that guy that had five talents had some things come against him in order not to make the other five? And he must have kept throwing some fruit at it. And that faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Say faithfulness. So we would talk about God's favor. I've been meditating on God's favor. I've been trying to say, you know, what, what is it? And how is this favor released? And what do we do? And, 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 you know, it's like, is there a formula? And you know what I found out? The formulas there is in formulas. There are some principles in the Word of God that when you adhere to and are faithful to those principles, things will happen in your life. Come on. And you can call it ingredients or whatever you may want to be, but, it, but it's literally the principles in the Word of God. So the one that had two got two more, and he got the same thing. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. It's like you've been operating in the fruit, so here's some more fruit. Come on. I'm going to give you the fruit, the fruit. Galatians 5, I think it's 20, 20 or 22, thank you. Galatians 5, 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He says, against these there are no law. It's like, wow, we're not operating in the law when we're operating in the fruit. Oh, come on, somebody. Because we're doing it out of the heart. And that's the theme that we're hearing this morning. It's a heart thing. Now, let me go on. Because what I see here is that God rewards faithfulness do you see that who rewards it in the parable the master is God okay let me break that down to you let me, I probably should have clarified that earlier in the parable the master is God he says you go here's five here's two they go and multiply it they bring it back he says come on in you're faithful enter into the joy of the Lord it's not just about going to heaven it's not just saying, oh, here's your access to heaven. Now you've got an access to heaven. When I come to Christ, I get an access to heaven. Come on, somebody. But I have an access, an all-access.
pass and a lot of us aren't using our all access pass oh come on all we're doing is sitting in the seat and saying i got my ticket punched but i got an all access pass but yet i never get out to experience the angels i never get out to experience the flow of the river i never get out i'll just stay in my seat i'll be safe and that's fine but that's not me i want more i don't want to just know about the angels i want to experience the angels I don't want to just know about the flood of the Lord. Now, man, we're talking about a bad thing. We're talking about a good thing that's going to bring good things in our lives. I want to be able to experience. I don't want to talk about others getting the favor of the Lord. I want to experience the favor. Come on, somebody. I want to be able to experience that favor that's in my life. So I can do some things, I believe, that may hinder me from receiving what God has for me. You agree? Okay. Can I go ahead? Okay, so there was, we see a reward of faithfulness. Now, I'm going to show you the opposite of a reward is what? Something that you're not going to get a reward for. You're not going to get a blessing. You're not going to get something for. Let's look at that in verses 24 through 28. And the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. And I went away and I hid your talent in the ground. I took that $1,000 and I put it in the ground. You have what is yours. But the master answered him and he says, Man, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew where I had reaped where I did not sow and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put the money in the bank. And on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. How many of you know unfaithfulness? You can have stuff taken away. What did he have taken away? He had this, took this talent. He hid it, put it in the ground. Didn't do anything with it. Didn't bring any increase into it. All he had to do was just go do something to bring some increase. But you know what stopped that person? The Bible says they were afraid. I was afraid. I was going to go for prayer, but I was afraid. I was going to go rape, lift my hands during worship, but I was afraid. Oh, come on, somebody. Because I came out of a, a denominational background, and they were like, raise your hand. That person's weird. Did you see that guy? What did he do? He raised his hand. I was afraid. I want to experience some things of God, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what? I'm afraid of his punishment? To me, I came out of a denomination, and that's right, I was afraid of his punishment. You better not go too far now. I might get the wrong spirit. I got the Holy Spirit, and he's moving in on me. Come on, somebody. And I am growing just like Jesus did, and I'm growing in wisdom, and I'm growing in stature, and I'm growing in the grace of God. I'm growing in His favor. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. I'm not going back, I'm moving forward. I'm not falling behind, I'm moving ahead. I want to begin to experience those things. And I say, God, I want to be faithful, and I am faithful to you. We've been faithful for 14 years in this ministry. Other people would have quit, they would have stopped, they would have said, forget it, you guys are too boneheaded. 
But not Pastor Shelley and I. Can I get an amen for that? Hallelujah. We said no matter what, they can stay or they can leave. We're going to stay because God told us to be here. He's the one that raised us up. He's the one that brought us up out of here. And He's the one that set us in. And I'm not going to go against what God has. And I'm going to be faithful what God has given to me. And I thank God for His favor. I'm not going to back up for His favor. I'm going to say, God, I thank You. The favor comes from You. He gives me favor with God. He gives me favor with man. And i got some favor dripping off of my life right now. And I am so thankful. It's not about me. It's not about pride. It's not about arrogance. It's about none of that stuff except for saying, God, I'm faithful. Somebody say faithful. I'm faithful. I know some people that are faithful. They're faithful. They're faithful. They're faithful. They're faithful. They're faithful. And favors all over their life. So don't ever look at somebody and go, how come they getting that? How come God's blessing them? You might want to look and say, they might be faithful in some things. They might be faithful in some things. So here's what happened. He said, you ought to put the money in the bank on my arrival. And I've received it back with interest. In verse 28, he said, therefore, take away. Take away the talent. Give it to the one that has ten talents. God uses faithfulness. Do not ever discount him not using faithfulness. He's so faithful to us. He's faithful to me when I get on the wrong road. He's faithful to me when I don't pray like I should pray. He's faithful to me when I don't, I'm not thankful like I should be thankful. He's still faithful to me. He's still there. He's still faithful to me. He's faithful to me when I mess up and I fall down. He's faithful to me when I get back up. He's faithful to me when I rip a hole in my jeans because I fell down and I didn't know how to get back up. He's faithful to me when I have doubt and unbelief. He's faithful to me when I don't know what to do when I should know what to do. He's faithful to me all through these things. God is faithful. He's still there. Man. He's still, and I praise God that He's still there. Amen? Some other religions, that God would have already quit on you. <laughs> but not our God. Not Jehovah God. Amen? And see, stewardship is really about using what He's given to us to gain increase. I don't want to be a pastor for 14 more years if we don't experience more of the things of God. I'm not going to be a pastor for another 14 years unless I am experiencing those things. And we are headed in that direction. Amen? And you might like, well, it might be a little bit weird. We're not doing anything that the Bible doesn't do. We're not doing anything. Well, y'all are in a waterfall. Well, look at Ezekiel. What was it? 47, right? I mean, the water got from the ankles to the knees to the knees to the, the Bible says the loins to the waist to the waist. And it's like, just dive in. It's a flood. I'm swimming. I want to swim. I mean, I just don't want to just be in there wet, ankle deep. It's time to get in. It's time to jump in. It's time to just say, look, I, I, I need favor on my life. I want favor on my life. It's not about me working to gain favor. But it's about me understanding my identity and who I am as a son and saying, Daddy, I'm going to do this for you. And as you do this for me, all of a sudden favor comes. It's amazing. Favor is amazing. Say favor. See, God uses faithfulness. He uses us, the faithfulness and what He's given us to use. So let's look at verse 29. For to everyone has, more shall be given. You know some people, I know some people in the Lord, and they're, an, they're amazing people. And they're faithful to the Lord. And it just seems like they got like the, 
the Midas touch. It's like, ding, it turned gold. Wow, how'd that happen? They're like, oh no, it just happens to me. But they honor him and they're faithful to him. Come on, somebody. And it just, it just happens. He says, to everyone who has, more shall be given. And we, he will have an abundance. From the one who does not have, even what he has shall be taken away. And he goes on and he says, throw out the worthless slave to the outer darkness in the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he talks about the kingdom of heaven saying, if you're faithful with these things, faithfulness in the kingdom of God's system has supreme value. Faithfulness in the kingdom of God's system has supreme value. Wow. Wow. It matters. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be faithful. Great. Then favor is going to come upon your life. Come on, somebody. And I don't know what or how that favor is going to be. And I don't know what areas that favor is going to be. But that favor is going to continue to come upon your life. So we see in, in verses 24 through 28 that it was taken away. It was taken away because they weren't faithful with what they had. It's taken away. And he says, verse 29, everyone that has shall be given more. Has what? For everyone who has. I was like, has what? Faithfulness. He says, shall be given and more shall be given to them. And he will have an abundance. Abundance of what? Faithfulness. All sorts of stuff that go along with it. The fruits of the Spirit. Are you with me? Because he just said, you ain't, you're, you're good and faithful. Enter into the joy of the Lord. How many of you got to have some joy in your life? <laughs> I'm not to have some joy. He said, but the one who, who does not have, do not have what? Faithfulness. Well, it's because they didn't have the gift to make money. No, that wasn't what they were. They were afraid and they said, look... I don't know when he's coming back, but I'm going to hide it in my sock drawer and put it in my, put it in my bedroom. Are you with me? Because I don't want to lose it, because if you lose it, then you're really in trouble. They never took a risk. Never took a risk. Never took a risk. So he says, what? Does not have what? Faithfulness. And what he does have will be taken from him. And I'm like, wow. I don't want to, I don't want to have anything taken from me. How about you? Let me give you a couple things. Here's what faithfulness of God is looking for. Faithfulness is rewarded. You can write that down. Faithfulness is rewarded. Faithfulness is rewarded. Well, I've been faithful for a year or two. I've been faithful for a week and it's been three days, Lord. I've been faithful. Where's my reward? I'm telling you, faithful is, will be rewarded. Amen? And, and unfaithfulness will be judged. Judged from the standpoint of like, wait a minute, Jesus took our judgment. It'll be judged from the standpoint that God judges everything that's opposed to love. If it's opposed to love, he'll judge it. If it's in love, he's not going to judge it. Because God is... Are you with me? You're getting that? Some of you are going, ah, I got that. So a couple things that I want you to understand. Here's what faithfulness is. What's it look like? What's it being faithful look like? I'm glad you asked that. We're going to give that to you. Number one, faithful servants don't make excuses. <laughs> Are you guys okay? <laughs> 
Well, I, 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 I was, I was gonna, I was gonna, but I, I couldn't. I, I, I wanted to, but I, 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 I'm from New York. <laughs> I was born on the other side of the track. I mean, I was, I was, I wanted to, but I, I didn't, I didn't. My mama told me I couldn't do it. We don't make excuses. Faithful servants don't make excuse. In the parable, servants did what? Took what was given to them and used it. Took what was given to them and used it. Come on, are you hearing this? Some of you getting this. Some of you shaking your head like, okay, I'm getting this. Took what was given to them and used it. And it brought increase. Can it say increase? The second thing that I want you to understand and you can see this throughout the Bible. Is faithful servants are easy to promote. Faithful servants are easy to promote. I worked for a company. At that time was the largest wholesaler in the nation. And I was faithful. They called me up and they said, we need somebody in on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. Now I'm there at Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. I unloaded trucks. I was faithful with the equipment. I was faithful to put it back after I got through using it. Come on, somebody. I was faithful with these different things. And then when a promotion came, guess who they're looking for? Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're faithful. We got a job to do. Who are we going to do it? You can do it. They're just a brown noser. That is a lie of the enemy. That's the enemy saying, don't, don't, you dare, don't you dare be faithful to them. Because he knows what happens. When you're faithful, you get promoted. When you're faithful with five, he'll give you ten. When you're faithful with two, come on somebody, he'll give you two. When you're faithful with the things, all of a sudden the favor is going to come upon your life and you'll receive joy in the midst of a situation or a circumstance. So servants, or could I say faithful sons, we don't make excuses. We need this done. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I know. I know somebody that gave their life to Christ. Got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. Did not have a car and it didn't matter. They rode their bicycle everywhere they went. Went to college. He's in this congregation. Rode his bicycle. How do I know? Because he rode it from my house to work. He rode it from my house to school. He wrote it from school back to our house. Come on. He was faithful with those things. And now God is turning around and saying, because you're faithful, there is favor that's upon your life. And he didn't make excuses. And he could have said, well, it's raining. It didn't matter. It was raining. Maybe I'll take him to school today. Didn't matter. He was already out with his bike. Are you with me? Selah. Faithful servants are easy to promote. Who are you going to promote? Who's going to get promoted? In the kingdom of heaven, who's going to get promoted? Well, when I come to Christ, I'm going to get promoted. We all want increase in favor from God and with man. And maybe we could look at it and say, wait a minute. What is it going to take for me to obtain favor? And you could say, Pastor, you know what? I can just, I'll just, sarah, sarah. If God wants me to do it, I'll just do it. And if he doesn't, I won't. Okay, well, does he want you to eat today? He's not going to take the spoon and put it in your mouth. Come on, somebody. 
He's given you the, the freedom to say, okay, do we go here? Do we go there? Do I eat a sandwich at home? Do I eat macaroni and cheese and hot dogs? Do I get to be a grill of steak? I mean, he gives you those opportunities to be able to do those things. But we've got to understand that we can't make excuses. Let's quit making excuses. I don't know about you, but there's some, some guy, guy called me up and he said, look, I got a trailer load of product. He said, I understand you're the one that I need to bring it to. I had a church that was full. We had a container that was full. And I said, okay, send it. I could have had a hundred excuses. Oh, uh, well, uh, I, I don't know where to put it. If I put it in the fellowship hall, then we won't be able to have dinner. What if I put it in sanctuary? Then we'll just worship around the boxes. But I can't put it in there. It might mess up the carpet. But I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody. I just don't know. Anybody. I mean, I got all this product. It's just coming out all my yin yang yin. I got a container out there, and it's just full. And I got this back, and it's full. And I just don't, I don't know what to give it all away. I mean, I just, what do I got to do? What am I going to do? I didn't say any of that. I said, Lord, this man called me because you put me on his heart of somebody that when he called somebody, they said, you know who you need to talk to? You need to talk to Pastor Eric. And I just said, send it. He said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I'll take care of it. And then we went to work. <laughs> and, and God moved. I'm telling you, there was favor that came upon my life within the next two hours because it was coming on a Wednesday morning, and this was a Tuesday night at 4 o'clock. And from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, not only did we get a container that was delivered and dropped, but we ended up having to unload the product the very next day. Two different forklifts from two different places came. God began to give us favor. They were unloading it. The guy said, I'm not going to just let you use my forklift, Tommy. But he said, I'm going to send a driver with it also. Come on, somebody got to say favor. I mean, when you begin to start looking at some things and you're like, wait a minute, what is going on? What is going on? What is going on? I'm like, this is good. So now somebody calls up and says, I got a truckload of product. I'm not going to say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I ended up having a truckload of product that was, to, was on its way to us, and I worked it out to get it delivered to the regional food bank. 45,000 pounds of product, we actually got diverted into the regional food bank and they dropped that product into the regional food bank and that was the favor of the Lord. It is now blessing 53 counties in this, the state of Oklahoma. Can we give the Lord some praise for that? Somebody got to say favor. I'm telling you, I could give you guys testimonies. You guys could get testimony after testimony after testimony about how God's favor all of a sudden shows up on your life. And you know what? I know it's because you're faithful. I know that's because you're saying, wait a minute, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to do something with what I got. I'd rather be the one to do something. I would rather be the one to make a mistake. It's kind of like love. Well, I'm not going to love ever again. I got hurt when I was loving. I'm not going to, I'm not going to love. Nobody's going to hurt me again like that. I'd rather be one that loved and lost than one that never loved again. I would rather be one that loved and lost than one that never loved again. I would rather be one that loved and lost that never loved again. I would rather be one that took the step and fell down than one that never took the step. I'd rather be like Peter that got out of the boat when he said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. And Peter stepped out and all the other disciples were still back in the boat. They were going, Woo, look at Pete, Pete, look at Pete go. Go, Pete, go. Peter was the one that walked on water. Peter was the one that Jesus said, on this, that uh, you're the fragmented rock and upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against, prevail against it. And Peter was faithful to Jesus no matter what. And Jesus was faithful to Peter even when he, when he denied him three times. He never brought it back up. Jesus never said, you know, Pete, you messed up. You remember the crow that was crying? Said, yep, yep, you messed up now. He never brought it back up to Peter. And in fact, he said, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, 
feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Peter, feed my sheep. He never said, you're not qualified, you're not good for it, because God was going to continue to bring favor upon Peter's life. Can I get an amen? Somebody say favor. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting some favor. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, say, neighbor, you got some favor dripping off of you. Come on, you got some favor. You might have to, you might have to, to, to reach over there and touch that neighbor and say, give me some of that favor. I appreciate that favor. Hey, give me some of that favor, Dwayne. There's some right there. We just trade in favor. Amen? Come on, touch somebody and say, get some favor. We get some favor. I wish it was great that we could just touch somebody and get favor. But how many of you know faithfulness? Faithfulness brings favor. Let's stand up today. Let's give the Lord a great big mighty shout of praise. Touch three people and tell them, like, I got some favor. Over the... You're going to get some favor. As you're faithful, not only, not only in the little things. The Bible says, the Bible says, if you're faithful over the little things, you'll be what? Ruler over much. If you can't handle, this is going to be difficult. If you can't handle minimum wage, you aren't going to be able to handle a six-figure salary. I, it's just the principle. Right now, let's just pray. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Father, I just thank you for these faithful people. I just thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And in areas in their lives where they just need to say, you know what, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful to give. I'm going to be faithful to, 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 to love you. I'm going to be faithful to love others. I'm going to be faithful to love others around us. I'm going to be faithful, God. Faithful to you. God, I just ask you just to continue to release favor. I declare favor. Mm grace over your their lives right now and father i thank you that they're going to have favor as they go into the throne room we're going into the throne room of god we're going to meet with him i thank you that you release that favor upon our lives today in jesus name and everybody said amen can we give him some praise for favor amen so you're I'm a, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on up. We'll introduce you to him, give you access to the king. If you need prayer today, we want to pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Go forth in his power and his might because you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen? God bless you. Have a great afternoon.